Hey, Pastor Chandler. Hey, Pastor Tony. What in the world's going on? What's going on? That's all I got. All right. A great podcast. Until next time. Blessings. blessings. That won't fly. That's not going to work. Okay. But no, really, what's happening at New Life? Yeah. New Life News. New Life News. Great question. What is happening at New Life, around New Life? Next week, well, first I should say on Sunday we'll gather to worship and study the Word and have a meal together. That's at 930. Fixing to be a good time. You know, it's always like like our week, my week. Perhaps your week is always like a climax. It's climaxing to Sunday. Yeah. It's we, like... It really should. Monday, we're asleep. Yeah. And then from then, it's just Wait. a steady climb to... Yeah, it can be looked at that way, but also it sets us so that Monday we're not asleep, hopefully. Right. Don't sleep on Monday. Don't sleep. So every week it gets bigger and bigger. Bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah. Preparing ourselves for that moment when Christ returns. Yes. All right. So 9.30 a.m., we'll worship together. Some young adults are getting together on Saturday to go to see a yeah. movie. Yeah. But Paul. Paul. The Apostle a... of Christ. Paul, the yeah. Apostle of Christ. If anybody's interested in going, Oakdale, the Oakdale Marcus Theater, 7 o'clock p.m. on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, you're a young adult if you're between 18, graduated high school, yep. and 30-something, 30 37 Maybe. Yeah, 37, I don't know, 40, right. young adult. Young adult and wrong adult. single. I'm a young adult. You are. That's why I said 30. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's doing a hand gesture. When like a... Uh, yeah. um, if you want more information about that, you could text me or, or call one of us and we could help you yeah. figure it out. It's a great movie. I've seen it and uh, really well done. So yeah. it'd be a good tool to use to get a conversation going about the gospel, I think. Right on. So that's happening. Sunday's happening. Next week is Easter week, the week leading up to Easter. And being that that's happening and there's a special uh, so for Good Friday service, there's no immerse next Wednesday night. No immerse. 28th. March 28th. That's correct. And that also there's no women's study the following day, but there will be men's Bible study on Thursday. Okay, so no women's on the 29th. But there will be men's. There will be men's. March 30th, Good mm-hmm. Friday, we'll have a service at 6.30 p.m. at the building. I hope you all come. There's invitations on the, in the welcome area at the building for you to grab on Sunday and share with friends and colleagues and family and yeah. strangers. We... we Printed those not just because we want to be pu- putting this on our fridges. Right. Although you can put it on your fridge, but our goal is really to invite others. Other. Yep, absolutely. And so go to your neighbors or your family. Yeah. Encourage them. As same, next, the April 1st is Easter, and we also have invitations for that as well. So you could, it's like a postcard even if you wanted to mail yeah. it. So that is what's going on. We have some Exciting news, the Lindsmeyers may have sold their home, and they have found a place to rent. Praise the Lord. Yeah. It's always a may have sold your home until you like actually hand the keys to the... Right. Because you never know. But this looks promising. Yeah. And so we're thankful for that. What, the day they put it 
on the the day it went on the market or yeah so they actually had like 20 showings that they had i think they had two showings the night that it went on it went Mm. on at night okay two showings and then i think there were 20 people lined up the next day to view it that's awesome and then they sifted and through some offers and yeah well you know just kind of the lord has led us through this whole process and is continuing to lead this whole process and that on the same day they find a place to rent and potentially sell their home. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, well he'll be here next week. No, mm, probably not. <laughs> Soon they will be here yeah. serving alongside of us. All right. I think that's what's going on. What's our next segment? Uh what's our next segment? What's our next segment? We're waiting for somebody to call us and let us know what should our next segment be. It has it's been a while since we had a guest. Yeah, join us. The guest really adds a dynamic that does. This duo can't pull off. Right. So, so what do we do? You'll be gone for 2 weeks. Yeah, I know. What is going to happen? You're going to get hackle in here or what? Well, I have to, I'll have to have a guest. I can't just podcast by myself. Kimmy can fill in. Someone will have to fill yeah. in. Yeah. Maybe Kimmy. Yeah. If she's in our children. Yeah. All of us together. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> kind of crazy. So, yeah, if you're interested, you can give us a call. Yeah. I got my phone on. Do you have your phone on right now? It's on right now. Is yeah. it on pilot mode? or Vibrate. It, it is. So if someone were to call or text, you'd be like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Maybe somebody will just show up. Yeah. I hear someone walking around out there. We may be recording this during the latest Bible study. Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe some people are on to us because it always comes up on Thursday. Maybe. Anyways. It takes a long time to write this script, though. It does. I wake up early on Thursday mornings and just pound it out and then send half of it to you. And There's several iterations of editing that goes on. Yeah. goes to a couple different... Uh, editors all for the body all for the sake of the body Mm -hmm. which leads us to our next topic or segment new life theology new life theology we got an excellent question from some of our faithful listeners yeah let me read specifically this is the theology question it has come from some of our younger listeners whom i love dearly I'll mention them by name because I'm thinking they're going to be listening. There you go. Olive and Sula. They have a theology question. And this is in their words. Why, when somebody asks you a question, it's a choosing, but God already knows the answer, but it's still an option. So we're just going to, we're going to answer this in a matter of, you know, a couple minutes here probably. So the question is excellent. It's an excellent question. It is a question that every person really at one point should have wrestled with. Um, be, Go yeah, ahead, sorry. It, it just gets to so many important elements in our walk with the Lord. And how does this work? It is a, an excellent proper theology question. Right. Because how does that work? How does God work in that? Mm. So the question is getting to 
to will. Um, yeah. Our free, will. Do we have free will? Do we have free will? How does it work with God who is sovereign? Which means for our young listeners, the sovereignty of God is that he is, he knows all and is in control of all things and he knows what the outcome will be. Even before it happens. Right. It's not like, it's not like God, we're playing chess and God is really good at guessing what will happen next. Right. He knows what will happen. Which is a, um, a common conception out there. There's a new, somewhat new, new theology um, called the, op- it's open theism where God is portrayed as a master chess player. He'll always win, but he doesn't necessarily know which uh, way the game will go, but he knows the outcome. And that is uh, kind of a dangerous, mm-hmm. can be dangerous. But I there think... are fa- there are faithful Christians that go in that direction, but I think the implications are more dangerous than the answers it provides. Yeah. By a lot. I just, well, now I'm rabbit trailing, but I remember the study in Mark that we did, and it seems like a big point of Mark's gospel is Jesus knew exactly how things were going to unfold. Yeah. According to a plan that was built found before the foundation of the world. Yeah. Not only did he know, but everyone was playing into his hand. Right. He he wasn't playing anyone in chess, right. in my opinion. Right. Everyone was serving his will mm-hmm. uh, so that he could rescue us. But anyways, back to the question. How would you rephrase that? You know, these are your daughters. Uh if if somebody is, it's really a matter of free will. How can we have free will when God already knows what's going to happen? Mm. And it still be, is it a genuine option if he already knows which we're going to end up taking if in the end he already knows? Isn't it yeah. decided, in other words? Go ahead. Answer this in, in 10 seconds. Well, uh, we get, we have to turn to Scripture, of course, to, to wrap our minds around God because our minds are finite in, uh, in understanding Him completely. Mm. But Isaiah 55 uh, is kind of a good introduction to this. God says in, through Isaiah the prophet, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And when wrestling with a question like this, perhaps we can't come to um, as a satisfying answer to our intellect as we want to, but it's not because there isn't an answer, but we have to, by faith, look to God and say, I don't quite understand how that works, but I know you're good, and I know that your ways are not my ways, so I'm not going to be able to comprehend the heights and depths and all of it of, of his infinite wisdom in how things work. I don't know how time works. I don't know how... How if if time is part of the creation, or if or if time has always been, I, the scripture seems to imply that even time itself was created by God. So if time is part of creation, isn't that even 
created by God and put to, knit together and just as it is. And, mm. and is this conversation happening at the same time of creation or after creation if time is not a thing? And, um, these all, I mean, that's how Augustine answered this question. Essentially saying, I'm not exactly sure. Well, he, he would say that, and this is how C.S. Lewis would also argue, is we're thinking linearly in a time frame, and God isn't linear. Mm. It's, an, it's, like an, it's like a snapshot. So the question gets bigger and bigger. Yes. Times infinitum. Yeah. So we think as though time were a string, and God looks at it as, as a dot. That is my creation. Mm. And it is, it is good. He looks at it yeah. and says it is good. And all of it is um, of his sovereign plan, mm-hmm. um, which, which means total control. He's not just wisely manipulating things like a chess game, but he's in total control. Yeah, that's a good place to rest. Yeah. I think of, all right, we're redeemed, or you know, those in Christ are redeemed. And in Ephesians 2, Paul talks about the gospel being rescued by Christ. And then in verse 10, he says, uh, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we have a responsibility to live according to the gospel and to live out our faith. But then it says, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So even our good work as a Christian has been prepared for us before we even decide we're going to do this. And then further along in chapter 4, he's talking about the the unity of the body of Christ, that we are the body of Christ as Christians. And how that all works is that Jesus is the head, and from him flows all the the power and motive and ability to do these good works. And then he says at verse 16, from whom is Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. So when we're, we're working out our salvation, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so although Jesus is the power, the, the beginning and the end of every work, there's a response. In some way, we are responding to the gospel, but how does it all work? And um, again, even in that analogy, we look to Christ, who mm-hmm. is the head of all. It can stump the most uh, thoughtful, and it has stumped. I'm the, stumped. Well, and and we should be. I think in a in a good place where we say, I don't know everything, but I know He's good. Mm. And I know he is in control. I profess faith. I trust him yeah. and not myself. I, we've had this discussion uh, quite a bit in our men's study. And the, not this particular question, but a similar question. And the analogy that I've come up with regarding how this works in Scripture is... There seems to be that place where Scripture is imploring us or insisting that we have a choice, free will. And yet at the same time, 
Scripture seems to insist equally strongly that God is in charge and in control and he has a plan and he knows how it's going to be. And um, So with those two things that seem like they press against one another to a place of uh, incompatibility, I don't think that's true. And one of the ways I've looked at it, this is talking about a stove with my children. I tell my kids that the stove is not safe to play with. And while that's true in one sense, it's not true in another sense. Because you, you, they could play with the foot of the stove and it's safe. It's not going to hurt them. They're not going to get burned by the foot of the stove. But I'm not going to say to my child, whose ways are not my ways, uh, listen, this portion of the stove is safe for you. You can play f with this as long as you don't play with this por over here. And then I could go into further detail and say to my uh, one-and-a-half-year-old son, okay, Lewis, I'm going to explain where the stove is safe and where it isn't safe. If the stove has been on and it's been on for 45 minutes and it's then you turn it off, this right here, this portion of the stove is not safe. But these burners are safe to play with as long as they haven't been on in the last 45 minutes. But if they have been on, they're not safe. So you have to, and, and so all of a sudden, the, the, what I'm expecting of him is too much for his understanding. Mm. But yet I can say, truthfully, it's not safe. But I could say, parts of it are safe. But what's better for him is for me to just say, look, son, don't play with the stove. So what I'm illustrating is simply this. There is a truth. We believe there's a truth about this very question. And there, it somehow works, but our understanding cannot reach the heights of mm. how God has put this together. How in his sovereignty he considers our prayer requests. Mm. How can his will unfold if it's already been determined? When And I'm now asking this prayer request. And then asking the question, things like, you know, college-age kids, really, they delight in these kinds of things. Uh, if God created me to for who I am to be, and he gave me the inkling of my desires and my my thoughts and things doesn't he know how this is going to be isn't it aren't we determinists isn't doesn't one thing lead to another and so god has started this thing and he knew how it was going to go and isn't he evil or well we don't understand god's ways mm. always perfectly but that's okay it should there's two ways you could go from there one rejecting god you could reject him two Submitting to God and worship Him, and you say, "Okay, I trust you. I trust you. What you're telling me about the stove, I will do." And that's a perfect picture of Jesus before He went to the cross. Yeah, how is this good? Yeah, He came out. Uh, this is Luke 22. He came out and went, as was His custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed Him. They told Him not to fall in temptation, and He withdrew from them about a stone's throw, <laughs> knelt down and prayed, saying, "Father." If you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And so Jesus, even in his humanity, portrays what we're wrestling with as yeah. well. And it's almost the same question. Like, how do I... You've already determined, I have, what do I do? And um, But Jesus' example 
that we should follow is his submission to the Father. We, we simply submit. And, and, I, and I advocate, uh, instead of, I mean, it's good to consider theology. It's good to think of these things and to wrestle with them. We have a segment. Yeah, I mean, it's important. But when, when referring to Scripture, Scripture's written for, for us to respond in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So these texts that imply certain things about God are meant to cause us to respond in a way that pleases Him. Yeah. And sometimes we respond by saying, oh, now I, ha- I doubt God. Well, that's entirely backwards. Yes, are we approaching the Scriptures with a predetermined system that everything right. has to fit into, or are we coming humbly to the Scriptures to let it determine? Would you t- teach me, Lord? And I'm not going to teach the Scriptures yeah. how things fit together. Yeah. It's going to teach me. And that's exactly how Christ, according to the Scriptures, gave himself um, for, for us, hmm. submitted himself to what God had d- decided beforehand. Not my will. Yeah, so we rest in what we do know, yeah. which is that God is... He's good. He's good. and Trustworthy. And other passages come to mind that are helpful, like Romans 8. Um, everything works out for the good of those who love God, yeah. who are called according to his purpose. And, uh, and we know the end of the story, that Jesus is victorious. Yeah. And so those are things that we rest in. Amen. Well, anything else? I think that's pretty good. Hopefully all of Insula are... God is good. God is good. Kiddos. Don't touch the stove. Don't, yeah, don't play with it. Okay. Unless Mama's there. And the burners haven't been on for 45 minutes. All right, nobody playing with the stove. Until then, blessings. Blessings.